When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey all, welcome back to the Real Life Pharmacology Podcast. I hope you're enjoying it so far. If it's your first episode you're listening, uh, thank you so much. And uh, hopefully you can find some uh, clinical practice pearls that are relevant to your practice or maybe help you in your board exam uh, or pharmacology exam if you're still in school. So uh, today the drug of the day is codeine. And with this medication... Uh, I will say that uh, I've practiced pharmacy for over 10 years now, um, been in various settings, long-term care consulting, um, ambulatory care right in a clinic, uh, in a retail community pharmacy, and the use of this drug has definitely uh, declined over time. And I'm going to give you uh, some examples as to what makes codeine Uh, so special and so unique as we uh, go through the podcast here. So mechanistically, um, I think the important thing to remember, codeine is an opioid. So like many of the other opioids, like hydrocodone, for example, that I've covered, it binds the CNS opioid receptors and ultimately stimulates them. This uh, reduces that uh, perception of pain. That's ultimately what opioids do in the central nervous system. They don't act at the site of action. So if you've got, uh, you know, pain in your finger, uh, it doesn't help with inflammation or anything like that. It basically blunts these signals uh, that are are being sent uh, to the brain. Um, And that perception of of those signals is essentially uh, how opioids work. Uh, brand names, Tylenol number three uh, is uh, the one that I recall most vividly from my memory. And um, I would say I, I don't see it very often a- anymore. And again, like I said, it's, it's just some of the, the complicated things. But um, when I, I first graduated and was going through internships, things of, of that nature, um, in the, the 2000s, um, late 2000s, I definitely uh, saw uh, a fair amount of, of Tylenol number three. So um, with that said, adverse effect profile is going to align with uh, opioids, of course, uh, sedation, respiratory depression, um, you know, more so in, in higher dose overdose situations or in combination with other drugs that can complicate that. Um, constipation is is obviously prevalent um, and occurs at a significantly high rate with opioid use. Uh, GI upset, allergic reaction, all, all things that can potentially um, happen with the use of, of codeine and opioids in general. Of course, we've got to remember uh, the more you use opioids, the more likely uh, we're going to run into uh, physical dependence. Um, opioid addiction uh, can certainly happen on account of codeine as well as any other opioid. Uh, so really important things to educate our patients on and also to 
uh, monitor that use and ensure that we're not um, escalating doses. Because remember, with opioids, that tolerance tends to develop, and that can be one of the factors as to why um, patients try to continually escalate uh, their dose. So very important to watch out uh, for those things for sure. So uh, other things to think about if uh, it is Tylenol number three that's being prescribed. So that's going to have acetaminophen in it, obviously. And if patients are escalating doses to get the opioid effects or to get more opioid effects, they are also increasing their Tylenol dose or their acetaminophen dose. And as we know, when you get to um, you know, above 3,000, probably more likely 4,000 milligrams and higher, we're going to increase the risk for liver toxicity. So um, paying attention to that use is, is super important. And also the education point of saying, hey, you, you can't, or, you know, depending upon how much Tylenol number three they would be taking, um, you shouldn't take much more Tylenol uh, over the, the counter in combination with this, because we've got that potential of getting excessive doses and increasing uh, liver toxicity. So definitely a lot of patient education um, that may need to be done there uh, to ensure our patients are, are using it uh, as safe as we possibly can there. All right, so I'm going to spend um, the bulk of time, if you want to listen to some of the other opioids I've gone through, I think I've done hydrocodone, I think I've done fentanyl. Um, but I really wanted to spend a good chunk of time on pharmacokinetics and, and pharmacogenetics or pharmacogenomics, um, and specifically CYP2D6. So uh, codeine is a really unique medication, and I've seen this numerous times on numerous different uh, exams throughout my career. Um, CYP2D6 is the enzyme that actually converts codeine into morphine. Now, morphine is a much more physiologically active compound than codeine, which is generally considered inactive. So what this means is to have pain-relieving analgesic effects, you need this enzyme, CYP2D6. Otherwise, if it's blocked, if it's not active, you're not going to get or going to have less opioid-type effects. Now, in the case of pharmacogenomics, if you've got a very active, uh, sometimes we'll call this a rapid metabolizer, at the enzyme CYP2D6, you can escalate the conversion of codeine to morphine, leading to greater concentrations of morphine, in a shorter amount of time. So this can increase the likelihood that we have excessive opioid actions, potentially leading to overdose, respiratory depression, and, and all the bad things associated with opioid overdose. So a patient's genetics can alter the way that a patient is going to respond. So if we don't have testing, which we generally don't for a lot of patients, that really complicates the use of codeine. Because in one patient that's not a rapid metabolizer, we may have minimal effects or maybe a, a modest analgesic effects. 
And in a patient that is a rapid metabolizer, we may get excessive adverse reactions and the risk for overdose. So it's, it's very important to, to recognize this. And this is one of the downsides of using uh, codeine is that it's not an active drug and requires enzymatic activation. Okay, so I, I just wanted to, to go through that. And that's one of the, the principal education points in pharmacogenomics is patients can, can break down or in this case activate drugs at different rates. And because of that, we can get different responses. So anyway, it's a very um, hot topic area in the last 5-10 years, huge area of growth and, and learning and that type of thing. And we're learning more and more uh, about individual drugs. And um, if you've got questions on that, I would, I would definitely encourage you to reach out to uh, a fellow pharmacist because um, we've definitely had some training in it. And um, I would say being in the medication space, we're, we're definitely on the, the cutting edge of a lot of the information that comes out. And there's definitely some drugs where we don't, uh, particularly maybe older drugs, um, where things aren't being studied as much because, you know, we're, we're not having that, that funding necessarily. But um, it's a really important thing. And we do know for some drugs um, what enzymes or what primary enzymes are the pathways and we can, you know, alter dosages, be more conservative, be more aggressive, uh, depending upon uh, the pharmacogenomics of the, the patient. So, uh, very important concept to recognize, and it may explain why some patients have adverse effects and other patients don't seem to respond to the, the, the drug at all there. Uh, now, I will also say and I'm going to do this after the break, but I'm going to talk about drug interactions and how obviously that enzyme uh, plays a role there. So let's take a quick break from our sponsor, meded101.com, and uh, we'll finish up with drug interactions. If you're a pharmacist or pharmacy student in the market for board certification study materials like NAPLEX or the geriatric exam, pharmacotherapy, ambulatory care, or the new medication therapy management exam, uh, definitely go check out meded101.com slash store. I've got a growing list of, of resources there. Uh, if you're a clinician, maybe a physician, med student, NP, PA, and you're prescribing medications, um, definitely go check out meded101.com slash store. Got a lot of clinical practice pearls, case studies, case scenarios, and a lot of clinical reasoning um, that I've learned from my experience in working with patients, working with uh, other physicians, a um, whole host of different healthcare professionals. So definitely go check out those resources, uh, support the sponsor, meded101.com slash store, and help keep this podcast uh, free and educational for all to enjoy. All right, so let's finish up on drug interactions. Uh, the first thing I wanted to kind of get out of the way, mention, um, we need to think about uh, overdose situations with any opioid. Um, benzodiazepines increase that risk for respiratory depression and the likelihood of a severe outcome, bad outcome, uh, in patients who are, are taking opioids. So definitely important to remember that. I've talked about that on, on previous opioid podcasts as well. 
uh, 2d6. So SIP 2d6 uh, plays a big role. And like I said, it converts codeine into the more active uh, morphine, which is then further converted, but I'm not going to get into too much detail there. But SIP 2d6 inhibitors, so blocking that enzyme, could potentially reduce the opioid activity. So a patient might not respond to codeine as well if they're taking a drug like uh, paroxetine, uh, fluoxetine, amitriptyline. All these drugs may have some CYP2D6 inhibitory action, thus reducing the effectiveness of uh, codeine as far as its analgesic uh, properties. Uh, CNS depressants, I definitely want to mention them as well. So codeine, like any opioid, is sedating. And any type of medication used for sleep, um, any anticholinergic medication, seizure medications, alcohol, anything that has CNS depressant activity um, could potentially um, have additive effects onto um, codeine and, and opioids in general. And then, of course, constipation I wanted to mention as well. So if you've got a patient on, oh, let's say, an, a, you know, highly anticholinergic medication and codeine, it could uh, really ramp up that effect of constipation. And then lastly, uh, I will mention CYP3A4. So CYP3A4 inhibitors can actually increase the active metabolites of codeine further down the pathway of that uh, conversion from codeine to morphine. Well, then we get the breakdown of uh, morphine and other metabolites by CYP3A4. So if you've got a CYP3A4 inhibitor, that could prolong the action of those active metabolites causing an increase in uh, essentially codeine's effects or morphine's effects if we're, we're talking about the, the actual compound that it's broken down into. Uh, inducers of CYP3A4 would potentially have the opposite effects where it would uh, reduce those concentrations uh, of the active drug more quickly and ultimately lead to a reduced opioid response. All right, so I think that's going to sum it up for today. Uh, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, uh, leave us a rating review on iTunes. Uh, that's greatly appreciated. Uh, share us with a colleague, a friend, a classmate, a student that's maybe working with you. Uh, definitely help uh, spread the education. We greatly appreciate that. And support our sponsor, meded101.com slash store as well. Uh, if you'd like to track me down for consultations, special questions, um, probably the best way to do that is on LinkedIn, Eric Christensen, PharmD, BCGP, BCPS. Uh, also, you can send an email through uh, meded101.com and reallifepharmacology.com as well, either spot there, and that comes uh, directly to me. So I'm going to sign off for today. Hope you picked up a few practice pearls and uh have a great rest of your day. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.